closing in on finals for the Ocho Bowl podcast. Uh, as we're closing on finals for the Ocho Bowl League, it's week 10 done and dusted. I'm Steve Mann. I'm joined by a, a, a very smiley, surprisingly, given the results on the weekend. Uh, Andrew O'Halloran, how's the commission today? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, you, you win some, you lose some. Unfortunately, I've done the losing in this week, but yeah, there's always next week. There is not too many to come, though. And Keeney, as always, how are you, mate? Good, mate. A week is a long time in fantasy, boys, and <laughs> I finally produced. I, I look, I had a, I had a few stern words to my players, and it's good to see they responded as as they should. So, back on the board. Good to good to have you back in the winning column. Um, I must admit, I reckon I've given you about everything I've got at the moment. I'm pretty flat. Um, that's about <laughs> as much energy as I can muster that I've given you in the first 20 seconds. Because always knew week 10 was going to be tough, but it was a it was still pretty pretty deflating to just put up a score in the 70s. Um, big week. We've got a fair bit to get through tonight, but um, there's a lot of headlines I think out of the weekend. We'll we'll get through them as we review the games. Obviously. Haver's starting his charge towards the finals. Dale's just about on his last legs. The big first versus last, and Fitzy takes the chocolates with one of the absolute great all-time come-from-behind wins. Um, Jared just holds on to a bit of hope. Keeney wins the Kamish versus or the, the Podcast Cup, I think we were calling it last week. Um, but I think probably, non-surprisingly um, to us, because we clearly predicted it, but probably one of the biggest story of the week was clearly the the beginning of the end for Woodsy, who we've been saying it. He just came on last week far, far too arrogant, way ahead of himself. He's been, you know, just, you know, understand a couple of grand in the pocket from some lucky fantasy moves on DraftKings and suddenly you, you think you're a genius. But got done by 60 against Camo after. I, I We'd have to go back and listen to the tape, but I'm pretty sure the direct quote was, Camo this week, that's an easy win. <laughs> So tell you what, karma is a brutal thing, boys. It really is. It's uh, it's, that's certainly one of the biggest storylines. I think another storyline is just how how many finals contenders there could well be. I think up to nine, maybe even ten. You could make a case for ten league members that could make the playoffs right now with three weeks to go. And I think we're going to preview that kind of run home, aren't we, Andrew? On the way on the way home, um, the last three weeks and see kind of where everyone sits. Yeah, I've got some some stuff lined up and. Um, you know, there's a, a surprising person with the easiest schedule coming up as well. What a <laughs> teaser! Well, that's an absolute <laughs> teaser. Um, all right. Well, as we as we said, we've got a fair bit to get through. So why don't we kick off with the waiver wire? Um, so I haven't even looked at it yet. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I had a, had a long day at work. So looking forward to finding out if I got my bids across the line when the commission goes through it. Uh, so, so the big one was uh, your former boy, uh, Naheem, ah. uh, Naheem Hines. Jared spent a whopping $36 on him. Mm. Um, and then Dale's um, gone after Kalen Bellage at $20. Bucks. Um, Reese has then stolen uh, Woodsy's boy from him. He's bid $12 on Cole Beasley. Um, <laughs> Havers has then uh, spent five bucks on Marvin Jones, um, and then Camo in to shore up his Chargers stock even more. He spent three dollars on the Chargers D. They are playing the Jets this week, but will he be able to drop them? I uh, I also made it because I'm zero waiver 
strategy right now. I had a bit on the Chargers defense. I was optimistic that I, I sorry, I think it was optimistic that I thought I'd get them for nothing. And then I didn't even factor in that Camo is in our league because you just rarely hear from him. So um, now that you say that, it's not really that surprising, is it? I will say, I wonder what the old Cleason Potatoes average score with and without Cole Beasley is this year. It'd be an interesting little stat, actually. And now he's um, he's he's gone. He's on he's on a rival team. So massive ramifications, I reckon. Well, it, 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 it's just symptomatic of the arrogance that Woodsy's got at the moment. That he just cuts him loose. You know, one of his key players just, oh, yeah, no, I don't need him. Oh, he's literally gonna. He dropped Boston Scott. He's yeah, he's, he's other guy. He's he's on it, the waivers as well. It's, it's just, unbelievable. I mean, and did there's you, such did, thing as karma in fantasy. And sometimes when you do moves like that, they might be the right technical decision, but they're not the right karmic decision for your team. And you know, you... and also, did you guys see some of Cole Beasley's work on that final drive for, for Buffalo this week? It was almost like oh, yeah. it was a big FU to Woodsy. Have a look at some of my stuff that I can produce. One-handed efforts, no issues. Cop some of this, Woodsy. And by the way, I'm going to a rival club next week and for the remainder of the season. So have a piece of this. That's yeah, what Cole Beasley was doing. He, he just allowed Stefan Diggs to take what should have been the game-winning catch, just showed he's a team player. <laughs> exactly what's missing in Woodsy's franchise at the moment because it is all about him. Just the manager who thinks that he's better and bigger than the rest of the league and the rest of the players on his team. And as you said, Andrew, Karma's whacking him straight between the eyes. Um, I'm just looking at the, the Naheem... Hines uh, waivers. There were seven bidders, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, Woodsy just a very optimistic zero. Um, Andrew, you you bid two, I bid four, Haver bid five, and then you got uh, where are we? DJ Chark, Dale got twenty one, and then obviously you mentioned Jared got thirty six. Oh, and Kamo had eleven as well. So just a lot of interest. Which look, guys, take it from me, <clears throat> it's a waste of money. It's <laughs> it's it's you can't start him. He's going to be great every like fifth week, but you can't take twos and fours in the weeks in between. So. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm a interested onlooker as I play Jared this week, and he's picked up Naheem Hines. He's also picked up Ben Roethlisberger after Drew Brees' uh, broken ribs and collapsed lung. Um, so I was very keen to see kind of what he was going to do. One other thing, Andrew, I'm just noticing here that the old Cleats and Potatoes, who we were just talking about, has, has um, ironically added <laughs> Carlos Hyde to the mix. Wow. Wait, Can you tell me what he spent on him? Probably nothing, right? Uh, I think he got him after waivers went through. Uh, but, so yeah, 20, so $20 less than what I spent on him. <laughs> <laughs> so just on our budget as well, I've got the list of what's remaining. And I think so far this is probably the biggest spending year since we've introduced Fab. So... Reese way out on front with 64 left. So anyone good goes on waivers. Reese has got first dibs on him. Um, Combo, Ben and Dale all in the between 35 and 30. Cam on 16. And then everyone else is below 10. Mm-hmm. Um, Keeney on zero. Woodsy one. Manny three. Fitzy six. Haver seven. Me eight. Jared nine. So, um, you know, no one's letting that fab burn a hole in their pocket this year. No, desperate, I'll tell you what's desperate a, times. I'll tell you what's amazing is that early on in the season, it was Reese that just kept topping up on players. Actually, no, no, you're right. Sorry, it wasn't. It was Cam. 
was going to say, because I remember when Cam already had this really good team and then he went and spent the most on Davis, someone else. He just kept topping up. So no, cheerfully withdrawn, it was it was not Reese. Reese was the one who just said, stuff it. I don't need to replace McCaffrey. I don't need to replace Chubb. I'm just going to sit here and have him on my bench. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else from the waivers? No. Uh, just- the only other thing was we had a trade yesterday of um, between Jared and Woodsy for most it for Montgomery. What do you, what do you guys reckon? Who wins out of that one? I think someone mentioned before we were on air that um, you know clearly it's probably more of a matchup in the finals play on Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think um, yeah, clearly, clearly short term, um, he's a startable running back too for Woodsy. Um, but obviously, if if they can get most of back on the field, he's shown to be kind of the number one guy in San Francisco this year and big if, but if he can return, then um, he's been pretty pretty good when he started. So I like it for both parties. Uh, but with that said, is that is it also signaling, signaling some intent from Woodsy getting a little bit concerned about kind of where that overall lineup is headed at the minute, knowing he needs one more win, he can't rest on his laurels. So he can't. He feels like he can't stash Raheem Mostert away. I think Dead, it's what just, do you reckon? I uh, no. I think he was. I think it's the opposite. I think he's gone. He's just. I'm guaranteed finals. I'm going to get the guy with the good playoff schedule and just play a dud running back until he comes back. Because uh, Montgomery's got the bye um, this week as well, so he's not getting him this week. But. Um, Having a look at Woodsy's team, you've got Montgomery and you've got um, uh, Alan Robinson. So while they have good playoff matchups, I mean that's a team that could come up, come out and put up three points. So you're putting a lot of faith in that Chicago offense if you're going to have two starters for it in your playoff matchups. And look, in fairness, he is the most, the most meat and potatoes running back in the league. <laughs> That's true. And he he's unbelievable. He runs three yards and falls over. He's got he's got a severe case of the Sony Michels and he's got in the end zone once this year. Um from a rushing point of view. He's caught one as well. But he's look, he has he, he gets a lot of workload, but I just think his ceiling is very, very capped in this Chicago offense. Just my personal view. Yeah, I'm agreed with that. All right, let, let's move on to last week's games. Um, in no particular order, uh, let's kick it off with the probably the worst game of the round, myself and Jared. Um, my whole team was on bye, and then I, I couldn't really do anything because my whole team was on bye, so that I, I needed to leave my bench positions filled with them. So I didn't have a lot of room to move. But it looked actually interesting for a while, but it just, you know, the inevitable happened in the end. 79 to 119. So Jared got the job done pretty easy. Anything of interest out of this one we're talking about? Uh, right. Well, yeah, the only thing I the only thing I had, sorry, mate, just to cut you off there. Um, <laughs> it was just the first time we've seen you without Mahomes this year. And it, how how was life without Mahomes, Steve? Tell you what, I, I got what I thought was the best waiver wire quarterback for the <laughs> week in in golf. And in fairness, he threw for like 400 yards. It was just that he didn't get any touchdowns because they kept running the ball in, but he scored 10. It sort of shows that you're, um, 
Yeah, pretty happy to get my homes back this week, to be perfectly honest. Probably the biggest worry for me out of it, if I'm honest, was Michael Thomas. Mm. Drew Brees going down doesn't help. Two weeks in, he, he's not, doesn't look the same. Well, I was going to ask you that. Is is Jameis a downgrade from Brees at this point? I don't know. Michael I don't know Thomas? if he is. I don't know if he is. Obviously, there's like a really strong rapport between Thomas and Brees, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's just hard to tell. Like Jameis threw to him a lot late in, in the game, like in the end zone and stuff, and he just they were on a completely different page. Hmm. Are you worried about James Connor? He's had a couple of uh four last week, a six this week. Yeah. Yeah, both my running backs have gone like three and four, four, you know, scores under six the last few weeks, Gordon and Connor. Um, obviously, I, I'm looking forward to getting Gaskin back when I get him back because I don't think I really want to be starting Gordon at the moment. I think I'm okay with Connor. It's just sort of been a bad few weeks where the receivers have been getting all the touchdowns. But yeah, they played Jacksonville a... this week, so I think it's if he doesn't do it this week, then the alarm bells will be going off at um, the Sensible Haircuts headquarters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sort of feel like the alarm bells go off for me if, if the person's sharing their job not so much if they're not scoring well. He's still getting every running back touch. It's just that their wide receivers, are, you know, they've got the three-pronged attack of Claypool, Johnson, and Juju, and that's, you know, they're scoring all the points at the moment. So it's all right. I'll, like, I'll start him every week. If he doesn't get injured, he's not going anywhere from my roster. Yeah. And I think we need to talk about uh, Jared's team here, who's, uh, as we've mentioned many a time, a very strong four and six and a, still a potential finals candidate. He, he needs to win out, obviously, and go seven and six and hope he's scored enough here. But, um, you know, Antonio Gibson's looking like a, a really nice um, rookie running back that he's got. He's got a pretty high floor, I think. Drew Brees being out, so he's put Ben Roethlisberger in, which we just talked about as well. Um, Naheem Hines, as you mentioned, has been added to that running back group as well. But Adams and Diggs, Godwin, three pretty consistent guys. You can be pretty comfortable starting every week. He should get Chris Carson back as well. Um, yeah. But probably Jonathan Taylor's been the disappointing one. Uh, but other than that, he's got a pretty strong squad still. Yeah, well, Gibson Carson are going to be his two starting running backs, and then you'd think he's going to go Adams, Diggs, and Godwin. So mm. Hines and Taylor and these guys, are the, you know, they're window dressing for bench depth. They're not doing anything else. And he's now got his tight end Waller in. So... The only problem for him is uh, he's obviously had Breeze go down, so he's not. He's you know first it was um, first it was Dak, and now Breeze. He's just a bit of a curse for quarterbacks. And it was I tell you what, it was good to see though. He did um, hang on to Koo, the kicker, Younghoo Koo. Yeah, there was no droppage because. Uh, Certainly, probably would have been scooped it's up. It's on the so. kickers as well. Both teams' kickers putting up fifteen probably has to be the highest scoring kicker game of the season. And both defense four, just carbon copy. <laughs> we both we both don't believe in defenses or kickers, so I think it was probably justice that the two completely cancelled each other out. Yeah, Jordan Reed just solid, just felt well worth fifty three fab. For his one week, he's starting him next week over Hurst, or no, no, he'll he'll never start again. But it was worth (laughs) it. Why not? Hurst is better. Hurst is. Let me look it up. Hurst is just off his bye. You got to start Hurst this week, anyway. 
Hurst is ranked seven tight end, and he's just had a bye. So he was fifth, I think, going into his bye. Fair enough. When I had my really big tight end problems was when Hurst was sort of struggling a bit, but his last four or five, so weeks, he's just he's solid. He's getting a lot yeah. more passes now. So, um, All right. That's, that's definitely enough talking about that game. The next one, this was a good game. Cam coming up against Fitzy. Projections had them close, which I think we all were like, oh, yeah, yeah whatever. But uh, Fitzy just got the job done. Practically, we all watched it. It was the Adam Thielen show on Monday Night Football, just getting the job done, needed to score about 18 and two touchdowns got it done for him. Amazing, yeah. really, from from the great man. And, um, gee, that, that Kyler Murray trade, as each week passes, it's just some fitzy genius that we've we've grown to love over the years, to be honest. Um, well, found his target and, and executed beautifully. I tell you, wasn't it, you know, just the weekend, we just talked about Michael Thomas being worrying. He's, Michael Thomas has 96 yards on the season. Adam Thielen's just carrying Fitzy to wins. It's it's looking like a pretty good trade for him at this point. I don't think anything can change that now. The Kyler Murray trade's clearly a genius one. I pointed it out in the group chat, but if he'd started Rogers again like last week, it would have cost him the win again. <laughs> so it was good to see the man saw the light. Um, one thing, just comment on this. Obviously, Thielen two touchdowns in the last game, playing against Jimmy Graham, who scored zero, looks a little bit lucky for Fitzy. But just to run you through some of the luck that Cam had this week. Firstly, yeah. he had he had Davis, uh, Mike Davis, um, who only gets somehow relevant again because McCaffrey gets injured first game back. So he got himself a starting running back that way. Then he had Ronald Jones, who had a 98-yard rushing touchdown. Does not happen, and it's happened. Then he had Dustin Hopkins. Dustin DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry. <laughs> He's not a movie star, is he? <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, who catches the game-winning Hail Mary. Which so so if you take any one of those things out, Fitzy absolutely smashed it. This is and the yeah, other one. Tyler Bass, got 18 points from his kicker, including yeah. three fifty yarders. Yeah, exactly, including the 59, no, the 60, whatever a game winner it was. Yeah. So and he, he's got the most insane amount of luck and he's still got beaten. So this is this could have been a Nintendo job. Oh, it should it should have been. It's it's <laughs> Fitzy would have been absolutely robbed had he lost this one. And this is coming from our number one seed, by the way. Yeah. Currently. So what do we what do we think about that? Yeah, what a I think it's how close mates. the league is this year. Yeah. But remember, like three or four weeks ago, his team just looked unassailable. It was just putting out 190s, 180s at will. It just looked ridiculous. And, you know, just, just shows how quickly it can change, I guess. Yeah, he's he's um, he's got a hope for Austin Eckler to get back in the fold pretty quickly um, to replace Mike Davis, I think. Um, so if you can get Eckler and Zeke kind of as that tandem, that's okay. Ronald Jones can probably play in his flex. He's a little thin at receiver, but... Um, you know, it's, it's sorry, he's not that thin. He's just got some players that are hard to start, I reckon. CD Lamb, Debo Samuel, Hardman's obviously on COVID at the moment. Curtis Samuel's hard to start. Hopkins is obviously a star. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting watch going into the playoffs because he'll be there. 
You, he got this week. He got his absolute upside from Ronald Jones because Tampa Bay is not going to score forty six every week. They're good, but they're not that good. Um, as you said, Davis is kind of, you know, he's there sort of through luck, not for long. Yeah, you don't want to start Samuel. Boyd's good. Um, Elliot and, as you say, Eckler are going to be important. But Elliot's a worry because mm. they could easily put him on ice. Like their yep. season's done. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. And just on uh, Fitzy as well, you know, I've been saying no Fulgham, no Fitzy. And Fitzy just, Fulgham puts up a 1.8 and he still gets the win. He just, look, he shut, he shut me up. Well, look, he won by 1.9, didn't he? Oh, sorry, he what did he win by? 2. 2. Sorry, 2.8. So he didn't even need him. Placed, he could have yeah. left him on the bench. Could have rested him. But I mean, I should... it just, yeah, it just helps having that kind of talent in the lineup. It just, I think it, it's more used as motivation for everyone around, right? We've got Travis Fulgham in. Yeah. Lift. Agreed. He, he, he takes away, you know, a good person from the defense as well, which <laughs> is probably why Cam's Ravens only put up a score of one. Oh, just wow. got too Fulgham focused. Um, I should <laughs> correct myself too because I did say Adam Thielen versus Jimmy Graham. Of course, Kyle Rudolph was the other one involved in that matchup that Fitzy had. Um, and actually, the last drive of the game, when Minnesota were running out the clock, um, they they kind of played a trick play where they threw one to threw one to Kyle Rudolph and he ran about 18 yards. So that 2.8's given Fitzy the win. So no one expected them to throw the ball given they're just trying to eat down clock and they kind of fooled everyone and fooled Cam in the process. Fitzy just walks away a winner. And just just before we move on to the next game, can we just identify just some potential here that Fitzy could break a few hearts down the stretch? Have a listen to... Like all of a sudden, his lineup's actually pretty dangerous. I reckon Kyler Murray, QB one, like could put up thirty or forty any given week, and has done all year. Um, McKissick's getting all these targets nonstop. He's got Damian Harris on the pine, who looks really good, so he could start him with McKissick. He's got Thielen, who we know has got heaps of upside. Travis Fulgham's a superstar, we know. Um, Rudolph, Jerry Judy looks good. Like he seems not bad. He'll break a few hearts. Look, is someone playing him this week? I'm oh. not looking forward to it. <laughs> Very juicy. And, and there's, what, four games left? Three games left in the season. Is that right? Three games left? Yeah, yeah three. And, and he's got 2.4 wins left to get to his average. <laughs> so, so some people are going to get very upset. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What up, right. Let's move on. Um, you guys... Keeney, 132, the pups with the picture of Kane Corns still just getting the job done. Do need just to change that. Breaking the heart of the curse breakers, 110. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was one of those weeks. I mean, look, there's no doubt my back and my goggles were against the wall. Um, and <laughs> we've um we've lifted really behind the fifth rounder himself, DeAndre Swift, who He's running back 13 on the year, so another terrible pick in the fifth round forecasted by Woodsy there. So, um, you know, he was solid. About time we got something out of DJ Moore. That was um, nice to see. But um, I think I had a, a reasonable week and, and Andrew probably didn't have a great week with a few of his players. So, you know, that's what happens. Funny, ironically, the Saints defense <laughs> scored really well after I spent 20 bucks on it. Andrew, talk us through starting Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Ooh, 
was just matchup. I thought Philly would be better against the Giants than what they were, and I thought Chicago's defense would uh, be better against Minnesota. I guess they were pretty good, but Jefferson just had a great game. Um, I was I saw Cam uh, last night, and I was giving him uh, some stick for not starting Goddard after trading for him, and like. I can't really talk after I didn't start Jefferson after I just traded for him. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think, it was good. Yeah, I was going to say I think look, you you lost this week, but I think kind of from an overall point of view, your team's really really solid and better than mine. Um, you got Chubb and Sanders sitting in there at running back. You'll slot Tyreek Hill back in. You still got Joe Mixon on the pine who didn't play. Uh, Mark Andrews is there for you as well in tight end. You're pretty loaded, I reckon. So if you make the playoffs, and that's now a bit of an if with the five and five record, but if you do get in there, um, you'll be hard to beat, I reckon. I'll tell you what, a couple of couple of things caught my eye in this one. Um, you mentioned DeAndre Swift. He's he's looking good at the moment. Um, return to form for Mike Evans. It's got to be a little bit promising for, for Andrew. Um, the decision to start Austin Hooper over Mark Andrew, Kamish, big was, call. Well, so just on return to form from Mike Evans, he's 16, 10, 19. Like, he had two bad weeks and then he's scored over 10 every week except for those two since week two. So, I mean, Yeah, I think he had, he had 10 plus targets for the first time in ages, didn't he? Just, I don't know. I, more, probably, I was less on the stats, more just watching the game. Just felt like he was more involved than yeah. he has been. And for mine, it's just his, his scoring, which helps him, obviously. But he's just not getting a heap of yardage. I'd be yeah, a little bit concerned, but you got Tyreek Hill, yeah. so you'd be right. He's probably yeah. going better than Akers. <laughs> Akers <laughs> wasn't the worst on the pot. Yeah, right, he had the most carries, Akers. Look out, boys. Um. But yeah, so Hooper over Andrews. Andrews was playing New England, who have just destroyed tight ends all year. And Hooper, um, I thought um, he was even play for uh, Cleveland, where put up more than ten points against Houston, and it was a bit windy. So I thought there'd be a lot of like short passing um, along with the running game, but obviously it didn't work out that way. Yeah, the weather, the weather was insane. They got delayed for like half an hour, didn't they? Um, the Couple of ones for you, Keeney. I reckon. Well, question for you, but you, you, you'd be probably pretty happy with Antonio Brown, just sort of looking like he's fitting into yeah. that offense. Yeah, I think he's going to be a part of it. I think they're trying to get him involved as much as they can. I think Scotty Miller's the one that's copped it. Um, so I think whether they can accommodate um, three main receivers from a fantasy point of view will be interesting to watch with with Godwin and Evans as well. I think they probably can if they're, they're going to put up big scores and Gronk as well, obviously. So um, that's probably the main concern. But I think he's a, not a bad option to plug and play if I need to just because of his PPR ability. It was pretty remarkable this week that so Ronald Jones scored well, Evans scored well, a, uh, Antonio Brown scored well, Gronk scored well, and Godwin scored well. Yeah, And obviously Brady there was scored a well. Post on the a, fantasy was, Reddit about... Um, I think if you got the best starting lineup from Tampa Bay in half PPR, it was like 131 points. Oh, so if wow. You that and put it into full PPR, it probably would have been better than everyone in our league. So yeah. they just spread the load, basically. Yeah. I mean, so if you've got those three and you've got or four uh, receiving threats and you've got 
Brady. Like he's always just going to pick the guy with the best matchup, and then they mm. move it around. And yeah, it's I know, they're going to be pretty good, I think, for the rest. Of, and they've got so rest That's of the season. So LA this week, they have good pass defense. But then after that, they've got KC by Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit. So, I mean, they could probably, mm. like, they're probably going to have to score a lot against KC. And then the last three, they'll put up 40 against them. Interesting. Mm. Um, second one for you, Kenny. T Higgins, can you not start him? I will look. Be tempting. Yeah, far out. Um, yeah, he's going really well, actually. Like, I should be playing him ahead of DJ Moore to be quite truthful. And I think I will going forward. He's got some nice matchups um, in the coming weeks, particularly in the playoffs, if we can actually get there. But um, look, he's been outstanding since, since week three, I think he's in the top 15 receivers or something like that. Um, so he's been really consistent. So he's going well. And then the Thanks. third one, you've got to be pretty nervous every week because you've got Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, and AJ Brown, three of the most up and down wide receivers that you can find. Yeah, I, AJ Brown hasn't been, um, but DJ Moore's certainly, I, we touched on it last week, he's been disappointing. And I put him in last minute. I woke up at 10 to 5 and put him in. Um, he wasn't in. Who did you take out? I had um, T Higgins in, <laughs> ironically. Uh, so I still made the wrong wrong call. Barely um, though, three points. That's, you can live with that. I don't know. I'm just like, I get to a, I don't know how you guys kind of think about things, but I get to a point with him where I'm just like, you know what? I was high on this. I was so high on him before the year started and he's going to have his ups and downs and I'm just willing to, to ride him every week. And if I cop a good week, then I cop a good week. Um, and it, particularly in my position where I was four and five and I just kind of was like, well, I kind of need to play for a bit of variance here, and I think he's got the ability to score pretty high. So um, that's kind of why I started him. But I think I'm a bit said last like week. That. Yeah, I think I said last week, like we're terrible fantasy owners in general with sunk cost. Yeah. We're just like, if we invest in something, we just cannot let it go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At, um, at, at our detriment often. Yeah, definitely. Um all right, so the the next one actually, that's, and yeah, that's probably me this year with Tony Pollard. I like, yeah. Case in point, I dropped Naheem Hines this week and kept Pollard. Yeah, but I'm kind of okay. Like I did it for a reason, but still, it's a perfect example. Right, so next game, um, Woodsy. Just you know, we've talked about the Karma Train and eighty four point nine two coming up against Camo, who he discarded as a you know almost like not worthy of being in his league. Who put up one forty one. Um. Yeah, it's the, the, the you know the crazy thing about this from my perspective was that it wasn't like everything went right for Camo or everything went wrong for Woodsy. Woodsy just you know had a relatively kind of you know few players worse than expected, a couple of players what you'd expect. Camo had a couple of players sort of you know Jacob scoring thirty is always nice, but Juju had his up week, but for the most part they just. It shows that I don't reckon they're that different in terms of teams to start with. Camo just had a good week, weeks had a bad week, and the difference was 60 points. Mm. And the irony of just feel free to produce that last week, Woodsy, it would have been great. But um, <laughs> but it also just like the confidence to start Josh Kelly in it running back too, mate. Seriously. I can't. Like, what did he score? Like? He scored 15 last week. It just it blows my mind. 
He scored um, 10 last week. Yeah, that's, too, that's way too high. Then. Yeah. He's back to his 2.1, but... Um, look, he had a few on by, didn't he? Like, he had, yeah, that's right. He had the kicker tight end and um, running back stack on by, which is never a good thing, as we all know. And you draft for that kind of stack. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a winning formula. Um, so, no doubt, the big fella Butker will get back in the lineup. Um, but, yeah, I, I also found the, the Boston Scott thing interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So, um, for anyone that followed it, Selvan Ahmed obviously um, kind of got the nod as the likely starter for Miami a couple of days out. And because we were past waivers when that happened, you could just add him. And yeah. I think I said this on the group chat. I spent the day because as the Gaskin owner, I probably had this, he's got a little bit more value to me than yours to others. Spent the day staring at it, just being like, I can't drop anyone for this. He might be good, but. He's probably gone the second Gaskins back, and I'm not going to start him this week. So I, I thought about if I just let him go. Anyway, he did look really good though for anyone that watched that game, and obviously Woodsy yeah. did pick him up in the end. Um, he put up 16. I don't yep. know, it, but but I guess my in my mind my original kind of thing comes into play, which is that he might be able to start him once, and then likely Gaskins back, and he loses it. Or I don't know. Do you guys think that maybe he can take the starting job off Gaskin? Um, I think it would become a timeshare, if anything. Like, Gaskin was pretty great at the start of the year. Yeah, I, I think they really like Gaskin. Uh, I'd be very surprised if it's a if he gets the number one role or if it's even much of a timeshare. I think I think Miles Gaskin's the man. I think he's now firmly slotted into number two ahead of, well, they've cut Jordan Howard. Um, and, Did they cut him? Brader. Yeah, they just cut him. So Ooh. he's gone. Um, but so I think he's got he's got some fantasy appeal, Ahmed, and Gaskin will be out for what one or two more, Steve. I don't, I'm not actually quite what, sure on one that. One more, one more yeah. on AR, and then they're so, really And look, and Miami are playing really well, so that offense is going well. Their defense is really strong, um, so he's certainly startable the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, yeah. Anything else? Just it, well, I think it just shows the importance of Travis Kelsey or having that, yeah. you know, top end tight end. I mean, this is the first, probably one of the first weeks that Woodsy hasn't had that. Um, and I'm not saying that's the reason why he lost. Like, come, I put up a 140, so kind of good luck to him. But um, it sucks having <laughs> a shitty. Yeah, tight I was going to say if there was. If you're ever going to send an offer to Woodsy to get Kelsey, if he was ever umming and ahhing about it, nah. after this week, he's just nah. He's no. not giving up Kelsey for anything, I think, after this week. The only other point I had was just the – doesn't Woodsy hate Juju? Like, the irony that <laughs> he put up a 22 against him was – I found pretty funny. And he's been solid. Like, the last four weeks, he's been pretty solid. I agree. It's hard to predict these Steelers receivers at times. But um, he's another one for mine. Like, I, I still believe in him. I think he's so young still. Um, and if their offense is good enough, he's going to be involved. So – um, team Juju. Who, who, how would you rank the three of them, the three wide receivers there at Steelers? Oh, this year? Like if you could have one, if you could pick the order that you'd want them on your fantasy team. As ridiculous as this sounds, I actually, for full point PPR, I think Deontay Johnson, for me, I w- I'm happy having him as number one. I've got him, so it's maybe a bit biased, but I just think 
Big Ben loves him when he's when he hasn't been injured. He's he's popped like 11, 12 targets every game. Um, yeah. But I'd have Juju second and Claypool third, just because Claypool's still very boom bust. I think Juju's a lot safer at this point. Um, and they're, look, they're all really talented. They all bring something different, so that's why they're going so well. So, what do you what do you guys reckon on that? Yeah, I'd probably put Juju first, just because yep. he's got the runs on the board. But I mean, it's pretty close. Like you can make the argument for all three of them being one because they use Claypool like in jet sweeps and stuff. So there's going to be games where he just gets reliable for the, the others doing. I actually think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Claypool's got the highest ceiling. Like Claypool could have two touchdowns more consistently than the other two guys. Um, yeah. And he's obviously more of a deeper threat and the, the kind of big receiver on the outside. The other guys are playing in the slot. So, um, I can, yeah, as you said, you can make a case for all three really on any given day. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I find it hard to split him. What, what if you threw James Conner in? Where would you rank him amongst the four? Oh. Uh, yeah, as you said before, he's the ma- he's the main man. So that that floor's pretty good, I think, with him. Um, he needs to get in the end zone though. And their their line hasn't been great this year. So um good question. I don't I'd I'd almost feel more comfortable starting the receivers every week, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think they want to pass it and they don't really use him in the passing that much. Like he hasn't been catching that many passes. So so, the, so your question is, if you had like in the flex, which one would you choose? Basically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd go the receivers and then kind of fourth. But like they could all put up. Yeah, it's, it's they're hard to predict, which is good and bad. He, he gets, I'm looking at this now, Connor probably gets three targets a week on average in the passing okay. game. No, it's not. But, but it, it's it's okay. Like, it's not like Kenyan Drake numbers or, you know, <laughs> yeah, some of those guys. Uh, all right. Anyway, um, anything else on this one? Uh, no, not, not really. Other than, you know, Como moves to seven and three now and um, so does Woodsy. So, the top end of the league's kind of heating up a little bit, and Woodsy, um, sorry, Camo's actually kind of staking a staking a claim that he he is one of those good teams in the league, and he is going to be hard to beat. So responded well. But oh, what? Actually, sorry, sorry to ramble on, but one other thing I had was that I, I still think this trade that Camo's done could cost him the league. Like that might be outlandish, but um, my goodness, he would have put up one sixty this week. Um, and you need 160s to win the league. So yeah. it's, it could cost him. Will there be a week that Camo gets more out of quarterback than Fitzy? I don't think you could possibly say that with any confidence at the moment. Yeah. Tyler is possibility, but it's... There's, there's no yeah, week that would... I would expect him to score more. No. Yeah. Kyler Murray, if you, look, if you actually click on Kyler Murray and look at his scores, it's laughable. Like it's, I think twenty nine's like he's lost. It's, it's unbelievable. Locking, he's like Lamar last year. You lock in thirty every week. It's so good. I, I tell you what's troubling me. It's that <laughs> you look at the three guys who are sitting first, second, and third on seven and three. Cam utter disdain for the podcast. Doesn't bother coming on. Doesn't want to have a bar of us. Woodsy comes on in a prison jumpsuit and just acts like the league's already won and he's the greatest thing that's ever walked around. And Camo's got that little respect for the league that he trades away the best player just so he can have a guy from his own team. 
acts like he doesn't listen to the podcast, just pretends. I just it's it's just a real thickness of arrogance across the three of them, and I don't like it. And and one thing you missed on Woodsy is not only does he come in wearing an orange jumpsuit, he goes to top up the Shiraz and then just pisses off without <laughs> even saying goodbye. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That that is arrogance in itself. Yeah, it's true. It is very true. It's it's I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what the rest of the league, you know, Ben Havers, if you're out there, you've just got to get a little bit more arrogance about you. That's probably where you're falling down. All right. Next one. Um, Reese, my Chubberts, had a shocker, it's fair to say. Started Drew Locke, he did nothing. Obviously, he's got a couple of uh, couple of injuries at his uh, running back position, which doesn't help him a whole heap. But um, put up 108, but thankfully for him, Ben put up a Nintendo 64. Get around hey. here. Nintendo Mark II. So, hey. um, yeah, that, that was the end of that one. Yeah, tough day. No TDs from his school position players, which will yeah. do it every week. Um, gee whiz. Yeah, it's uh, interesting for Reese. Like, he starts Drew Lockie, has four picks, scores seven. Um Granted, the Valdez Scantling numbers were a little lucky, but other than that, like he still put up one ten with his QB scoring seven. So um, I think he's got a pretty nice floor um, in his team. He's got some nice running backs. I think he's primed for a playoff berth, and um, he's certainly in the running, particularly with McCaffrey sitting there on the pine. Um, it just, it's, I suppose, the big question is where to, where to go here. Um, where to go to from Ben now? Like he sits at three and seven. The dream's over, I reckon. It's an absolute dream crusher. Yeah. So I mean, he, he's not that happy. He's he's ridden off the season. <laughs> I've told really? him that he's got a because well, week thirteen he's got the big matchup with Fitzy that could be the oh. spoon bowl. Um, and he's just he's not even looking forward to that. Like I'm like you get to keep Fitzy in the spoon. He's like oh, I just don't care. He's He's a dejected boy. He's walking around wow. the house, just not making eye contact. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in the not that we want to get too far ahead of ourselves in previewing the spoon bowl, but at the moment, Fitzy trails Ben by one game and twenty-seven points. Oh, so it could very easily come down to the spoon bowl to decide bottom place at the end of the year. And um, old tin ass uh, Camo gets him next week. So <laughs> Camo gets him twice in a row, two weeks in a row. It's That's next just ridiculous. Weeks. It's just it's absurd. I mean, I'm looking forward to your run home preview later on because you just oh, man, some people. Um, all right, anything else on this one? It's just on tour. I think at the moment, is he just in that spot where he's a good in real life player, but he's just not a good fantasy player. He's left-handed. You shouldn't trust left-handers. Hey, uh, our Lord and Savior Tim Tebow was left-handed. That's right. And where has he playing? Where is he playing this year? Uh, for the New York Mets. <laughs> he got he he got cut the year after winning that. Uh, famous, we traded uh, him to the Jets, mate. He didn't get cut. Oh well, his career didn't exactly take off from there. It's um, it's a. I mean, you did get Peyton Manning, and that kind of worked out okay for you. But yeah, just. Left-handers, don't trust them. Um, last game, DJ Chark is the dream over. Four do, and six do, 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 do. Two. 
do 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 do. Um, for oh, 88 coming up against Euro the Haver in a game that Dale would have expected to win. Havers puts up 132, just Brady 31, Kamara 34. That was probably all that needed to happen to get the job done. Yeah, is it season he, over for Dale? Or is he? I mean, he's, he's, he's obviously mathematically, I hope, he wins out and he goes 7 6 and his points four are very strong. So he probably gets in. Yeah, he's uh, he's clearly going to need some help and he's clearly going to need to go 3 and 0. I don't think 2 and 1 is going to get the job done for him. Um, that's pretty obvious. But um, look, he has been. Uh, like we've heard it enough from the great man, but he has been pretty stiff with those points against. He, he does seem to come up against 130s more often than not. Um, another 130 this week. Um, look, we did flag, if you're, if you're listening, Dale, we did flag that Fitzy's melon is staring right at us when we preview your team every week. And <laughs> I think the curse is kind of lingering. So if maybe if you did something about that, Maybe you wouldn't concede 130 every week. I don't know. Yeah, so just having a look at the points against, the second highest is Manny on um, 12,067, yeah. uh, 1,267. Um, and then uh, Dale on uh, 1,400 flat. So over 100%. 10% clear. Um, I mean, look, that is pretty unlucky. Yeah. Uh, look. Extremely, unfortunately. I think he's fourth in scoring, our great mate Dale, um, which has been uh, helped along by Dalvin Cook the last couple of weeks. But still, um, he's well, very, actually, very stiff to be four and six. Third and fourth in scoring are Jared and Dale, ninth and tenth. Yeah. One of them's going to miss or maybe both. So, Well, um, I did a... I don't want to get too far ahead on the predictions, but I, I had a bit of a play around with Reese's ladder predictor. And there's definitely a number of scenarios where both those guys get in. Yeah. And they're not that, they're not that unrealistic either. Cause yeah, they just they, need they, to win they, out, right? Yeah, they, well, yeah. I think they can even technically drop. But the, the problem is they just, yeah, you can't drop games. They have to win when they're expected to win. And that's easier said than done in this league, as Cam knows well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with Dale's team... We, like the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how, you know, Alan Cook and Metcalf have just dominated. And then the opposite of that is, you know, even when you're so top heavy on three really good players, they don't show up. One or two of them don't show up and you, you get a W. Oh, you get an L, not a W. Yeah, um, I agree. Completely agree with that. Like you can't just rely on two guys to score your points every week. And it, like it will happen sometimes, but they're going to have their down weeks. As we say that, yeah. Havers had Brady and Kamara score 65 between them. So, Yeah, but next week, Brady will score 10 or something. Like, it, it, it's, you know, Kamara is very safe. I, like, he's, he's got a pretty good team. His wide receivers are obviously a problem, but um, his running backs are, are very solid, and he's got enough guys with upside in the wide receiver positions. He'll get Golladay back this week. Um you know, Sterling Shepard, I think he's on by this week, but he can put up points any given week. Claypool, we talked about his upside. So he's all right. He's in the mix, Havers still, I reckon. Mm. And just with just looking through Dale's team, you take away Josh Allen and, gee whiz, not many notifications, no touchdowns <laughs> at all, bench and starting players. Real lonely kind of. It would have been <laughs> a, a sad wake-up for him on Monday morning. Just... <laughs> just... 
his own face Larry looking Burbank. back at him. <laughs> he's uh yeah he, he gets the the facebook birthdays notification and memories and that's it <laughs> <laughs> not what you want no no nah, nah, especially especially um for dale also I, I should point out dale has mentioned this to me multiple times he'd like it clarified on the record that that photo isn't fitzy um which i think we're all aware dale but i just wanted to um just to let the record <laughs> refer to the fact that it's the point that, remains. Yeah, it's Fitzy right. to me. It's right. If it's meant to look like Fitzy, then the curse carries across. Okay. Um, run home. Kamish. Yeah, so I've had a look at everyone's schedule. I've, I've put three rating metrics on here. So we've got just oh. the uh, amount of wins your opponents have got for, uh, on average over the last three uh, the average score for the season for your opponents over the last three. And then based on the breakdown, which is if you played everyone each week, the amount of wins you would have if you played everyone each week. Um, and so Ed, while I said it was a surprise, my tongue was very much in cheek because, of course, <laughs> Michael Cummins has the easiest schedule. Um, of course he does. Yeah, the he plays N twice. Um, who obviously doesn't have a great record, and then Woodsy. So, um, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. So <laughs> can we just can we just make note that <laughs> Camo has the easiest schedule, which includes playing Woodsy. That's that's <laughs> one of the greats. In 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 fairness, the last time they played, Camo won by sixty points. And yeah, it's it's a, two days ago. Yeah, and you're only good as your last sixty point loss. So <laughs> I've always said that. Well, they don't have <laughs> phones in prison. I assume. TVs. Would he even know that he lost? He he can't set his lineup. He's got oh. to get a burner snuck in through a cake or something so that he can set his lineup. Wow, <laughs> it really is a bit of Shawshank. <laughs> sort of activity going on was he um, and then second easiest surprisingly Fitzy with the Fitzy's oh. got uh, myself Jared, yeah, and Ben uh, final three so um, you know two an average of four wins for each opponent propped him up there and then um, he's got the ninth highest for score and breakdown against for his last three. Um, and then... Um, I'll tell you what, with his team that I outlined before, he is destined to get off that wooden spoon, I reckon. Go, Fitzy! He's also... A, I reckon he has a chance of winning out and raising that average to 4.5. Yeah, 4.43. Yeah. Yeah. F- five wins. Just... It's... It, it's you've got to... It's a, it's a competitive league. Yeah, that's right. It's it's baby steps. You, you can't go from four wins to 10 wins in a season. And, and as Woodsy's about to learn, you don't go from seventh to first, mate. <laughs> and then on the other end of the spectrum, with the hardest skill, um, Reese um, got the playing the most wins against. Uh, he's got, uh, where is he here? He's got Woodsy, Woodsy, and then Keeney. Um, <laughs> he then also has um, uh, the second highest uh, average score against and the second highest breakdown against. And then uh, the second hardest schedule 
um, is Cam was tied between Cam and yourself, Manny. Uh, so Cam's got Dale, Manny, and Jared, and then Manny's got Havers, Cam, and myself. Oh, so they play each other as well. That's spicy. Yeah. So there's like I sort of broke it into like three tiers where you've got um, had a, I had a good name for them too. Oh, no. Terrifying lows, which is Ben and Fitzy. Both got pretty easy <laughs> schedules. Um, your dizzying highs, which is Cam, Woodsy, and Camo. So Camo's schedule, much easier than the other two. Woodsy's got the fifth harder schedule. Um, and then your creamy middles, uh, Reese, Manny, me, Havers, Keeney, Jared, Dale, all vying for those sort of last three playoff spots. Um, and so... Wait, did Keeney did Keeney get in a category? Yeah, he's in the creamy middle. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm right in the middle. I think you said I was number five before the pod. Yeah, so I'll just, I'll just run right. through it. Do you, yeah, do you want to go from, from easiest to hardest, top to yeah, bottom? So, uh, come over easiest, then Fitzy, uh, then myself, um, oh. then... He just uh, didn't mention that one, did he? Kept yeah, that one he, just, he, just, <laughs> he just popped that in quickly. Uh, Jared and Ben are tied uh, for eighth. Um, Havers at seventh. Uh, tied for fifth is uh, Woodsy and Keeney. Um, and then tied for second, Cam and Manny. And then Reese has got the hardest. That is outstanding work from you, mate. So we'll see how much that actually affects it. And we'll, I'll give an updated version next week. And yeah, I may do some permutations if I've got time to see how we go for the last two weeks. And if you can, well, I know you've got a lot of time on your hands. So if you can, just um, maybe some playoff probability odds. That's what the people Ooh, want. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm trying to remember my probabilities from 15 years ago from <laughs> high school, but we'll see how we go. The, um, the really interesting thing with these couple of double back-to-back matchups are that so if you take the Woodsy and Reese one, they're currently sitting, uh, I mean, Woodsy is probably sitting second, I think, but they're one win apart and they're also Woodsy's two and Reese's one win ahead of that big group of people on five and five. So if Woodsy wins both of them, that pretty much almost ditches Reese out of the playoffs. If yeah. Reese wins both of them, it throws Woodsy right back into the mix. And if they win one each, then it gives everybody basically a crack at, at Reese. So it's... um. Yeah, it's just sort of interesting how that one's played out that those two guys, unfortunately for them, can't kind of have it both ways. It's going to, someone's going to lose there. Yeah, that is interesting, yeah. actually. Look forward to that. The, the, the other interesting thing this year, I reckon, is it's obviously very wide open, but there's some teams that are really flying and there's some teams that are struggling a little bit. Where you finish in the six is going to be if you make it quite important as well, I think. When I was doing the and, and for anyone listening at home who hasn't had a chance yet, jump on and just have a play around with Reese's playoff predictor. Very, very interesting stuff. Particularly because of how the points against really influence things you sort of see when you start moving those around a bit. But um yeah, I, I had a little bit of a play around and I, I sort of yeah, I found there's quite a few instances where there might be a little bit of purposeful tanking going on in the last round so people can manipulate who they play against oh. in the first round of playoffs. Oh. That's a real chess and checkers type of manoeuvre, that is. <laughs> oh, I was looking at it and I was thinking, all right, I could play Woodsy or I could play Camo. And I know which one I'd want to play and, and one of them requires losing. So 
Yeah. Do you know who the Chargers play week one of the finals? I think it's an important question for that. Imagine, yeah. They could get COVID. Imagine that. Come has no roster. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, anything else on that one? No, that's all I got for that. Lovely work. Beautiful. Who, who would you, but just, just to wrap that one up, um, obviously, you know, having spent the last couple of days just pouring over the data of that middle cluster, what team would you most rather be? Let's say, just to make it really simple, of the, if you could be one team out of the five and five or four and sixes. So this is myself, your, this is me, Kamish, Havers, Keeney, Jared, or Dale. Can I pick myself? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, third, um, easy, third easiest run. Yeah, oi, Fitzy, yeah. fire up, son. Fire up, Fitzy. That's, uh, that's, that's rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, Fitzy could end some dreams. Yeah, as you said before, he's I'm got him myself and my playoff hopes or like make him much tougher. Then he's got Jared. If he beats Jared, like Jared's done. And then barring like some lucky results and then just... Um, I mean, he'd probably be ahead of Ben by then, unless Ben can upset Camo, but could then force Ben into the spoon. So, um, you know, if Fitzy goes, uh, wins out, he could become the new Tom Petty with his heartbreakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he could be shattering some dreams. All right, let's move on. Final, final point of discussion being the previews for next week. Um, we're on world record pace for the podcast so far. So let's see if we can race through these and just set ourselves a new mark. Um, first one, myself can't up against Haver. There is some great mind games going on from Haver's oh, here. So he's basically he's benched every one of his good players. So he, currently on the bench, he's got Aaron Jones, Kamara, Claypool, Cooper, Marvin Jones, and Tim Patrick. And he's starting Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, two guys on buys, Noah Fant, and questionable Kenny Galladay. It's good stuff. I really like it. I love it. It's really yeah. got me confused. Maybe I should bench my good players as well for that. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, his bench is projected for 86, so um, and he's actually <laughs> players of 55, so um, I, I rate this very highly, as you both know. So <laughs> the mind games didn't work for me, but maybe they'll work for Haber, so... It's a massive game, five and five for both of them. This is a this is massive, isn't it? For the for that five and six seed. Yeah, it puts, put someone in the box. Five v five. It's only it's mm. only the two five hundred teams playing each other this week. So um yeah, it is a big one. Um and there's also it's almost certainly gonna just come down to Atlanta v New Orleans. It's like Jones, Thomas, Hurst, Ridley, um, and um, Kamara, Kamara and Lutz all in the game. So it's oh my goodness, that's yeah. Don't you, fans shouldn't even bother watching Red Zone this week. Just watch that game. That's that's going to determine the victory. Um, I'll tell you a, a nice little uh, kind of sideline story on this one. Um, firstly, I've done the right thing for the team and brought in a defense playing on the Friday game, so we all get something risky. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. Early. Yeah, I just just don't mind it. Now, to be honest with you, I, I've just gone early. If you look at the Cardinals' run home, 
Like, you know, yeah. given my belief that they're random, they've got Seattle this week, sure. Then they've got New England ranked 24th, LA ranked 20th, New- and then the finals, Giants, Philly, and San Fran. A lot of green on that upcoming roster. So just thought mm-hmm. I'm going to get early. Um, and who knows, any given week they could do anything. The the interesting byproduct here, obviously, you know, we've, we've made a fair bit about my wide receiver corp over the course of the year, particularly the high upside but constant injury worries. My fourth guy, who's done the job for me, Christian Kirk, plays on the Friday game. Ooh. So I, I can't use him. And I've obviously got Calvin Ridley still questionable, which means I'm oh, probably... Like, Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Myers yeah, has to have jumped Kirk by now. After the last no, couple of weeks. He, he's getting... How was it on the weekend? He got every single target. Every single target. For, for I was going to comment on... I can't remember who's got Cam Newton, but at this point, I don't think you can start him. They'll just run first. Uh, Reese has him. Run second and then maybe run third. They are just turned into a full-blown run team. How was the stat on the weekend? So, so um, a couple of things. Firstly, obviously, well, we've just gone through week 10. I know he missed one game for COVID, but Cam Newton has thrown two touchdown passes for the year. Yeah. Through 10 weeks. I think he's rushed nine or something. Um, and Jacoby Myers has thrown one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To Burkhead. So, yeah. But, but, hey, it means, but it means Myers isn't catching any touchdown passes. That's the problem. Uh, true. I'm relying on him catching 12 passes, which is... No, That's very true. And that could, yeah, he could play quarterback this week. It's a fair call. Um, I do have a question for you, Steve. Yes. And that is, if the great commissioner offered you Jared Goff for Jameis Winston, would you start Winston just to um, just to have another player in that, in that matchup? <laughs> um, just have a think about it. Well, I could He's start. I could start Sanders as well. Yeah, if you can do that. I um, know, oh, but you run out. No, of I can't because I yeah, I don't take out one of my players. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. Um, oh, actually, that's yeah. I guess Sanders can be my other backup, but I, I don't want to start him in Thomas's plan. Anyway, um, yep. So Havers is kind of screwed us over with the projections on that one. Next game, Woodsy. Well, we're gonna make a tip. Oh, sorry. Please. Yes, tips. Beloved part of the podcast. Are we tipping our own games as well? We haven't done um, that so far, have we? Well, no. We, we know who you're going to tip, but, I mean, I'm going to make it... Uh, Kenny and I are going to tip this game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to work out who I want to tip. I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I will tip Havers in this one. Don't ask me why, but I just will. Um, there's something about Claypool against Jacksonville. I just got this weird old feeling he's going to go nuts. <laughs> um, Alvin Kamara against Atlanta. Normally they play him okay, actually, so he might not go off, but this year he's been incredible. Um, yeah, I've just got a funny feeling, Steve, that uh, Havers might get. Yeah, but yeah, that might be a good thing for you because I'm not sure my tipping record is that great, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, Manny. Um, but is it a real, just like Sophie's choice for you this week, Benny? Just you, you either get the win or you, you put a real dent oh. in Havers' playoff chances. It's true. Yeah, it's a win win, uh, really. Is it year of the Haver or? Yeah, exactly. Year of the Haver or year of myself. And the beauty is, I could knock him off this week and then he could win the last two and probably still make it. So. Double up. 
I'll, um, I'll, <laughs> and if we go in in the fifth and sixth seed, perfect. We don't play each other till the final, and then it's win-win. And, and can I just say, my tip was provided the fact that Havers does change his lineup at some point, mate. So if you're listening, feel free to uh, maybe throw Alvin in there or Aaron Jones or the big Claypool. Thanks, mate. Well, feel free not to, Choco. Don't, <laughs> don't be pressured by anyone into doing anything. <laughs> the, the, the next one, uh, the potato, if assuming someone can get a laptop into a prison so he can set his roster Coming up against Reese. He's already said it. He's put Ahmed in the lineup. Sorry to cut you off there. But he still he, kept Josh Kelly in the how lineup. How is Josh Kelly playing? It just stuns me. But I suppose he got a good matchup. But um, wow, well, it just shows how excited about his fifth rounder left bell he is in a much better <laughs> offensive system. Might be coming yeah. around. Well, the other one is Carlos Hyde. If Carson doesn't play and Hyde yeah. does. Friday. So really, or whether to start him because he should be the number one, but who knows? Like it's it's on no exposed form. It's very difficult to to guess. And Fitzy will be hoping not because Fitzy's just sitting there with DJ Dallas squirrel away. And we've got a nice little uh, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson matchup here on the Friday. So I don't think it could be Lockett might not be playing though. Oh really? Yeah, he got um, he didn't participate in practice today, and he. Sprained his knee. So with the Thursday game, I think oh no, uh, they might still play him. He's fine. But, I mean, normally they err on the side of course and on the Thursday to give them the 10 days. Yeah. Gee, that's uh, that's rough. And apparently McCaffrey could be unlikely as well. So it's catching all the breaks here, the potato. Also, just a, some insight into Reese as well. I After... CMC got injured and then there was talk he might miss a second week. I sent him a message last week being like, uh, what would it take to get CMC? And he just said, I am not trading him. He's off the table. Oh, strong. Yeah. Strong. Yeah, this game's... I'm, I'm just looking at, at both sides here. Um, we talk, we discussed Cam Newton before. He's, he's penciled in the lineup. We've got Lockett, who's a little bit questionable... We've got Michael Gallup, who I don't Four. know who his quarterback's going to be. Um, going him. We've got the we've got the defense matching off against each other in the in what could come down to. We've got Cooper Cup v oh. Robert Woods and defense v defense. Wow, that's the last a great game of the, of the week. That's of huge. the finish, and and I'm not sure whose side I want to be on there. Um, this is pretty evenly poised for mine. Geez, there's yeah. very little actual play going on on Sunday, isn't there? Because you've got the Sunday night game with Butker, Kelsey, uh, well, he won't start Bell. And then you've got a bunch of guys playing on the Friday and a bunch of guys playing on the Tuesday. Mm. It'll just be old Matt Prater kicking by himself. And I'll be, <laughs> be watching for nine hours to see how many field goals he kicks. Oh, Wow. So just I, I, on it, Newton as well, there was some options available on the waiver wire this week. Like Roethlisberger has a good matchup, which Jared picked him up for five. I got Jameis for nothing just as a backup in case Lamar goes down or keeps playing like a spud. Um, mm. So, I mean... Imagine he, benching Lamar. Just just a four from Grace. Pick 16. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, he's so... I mean, he's clearly... Cho- like, Houston's a good matchup, but... You know, Reese has chosen to stick with him. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm thinking when I'm when I go to tip one of these. Um, one of these two. I just think I've got to tip Woodsy here purely based on the Russell Wilson v Cam Newton matchup. I uh, look, things can change. Um, I think overall, um, Reese has got the better kind of lineup if Lockett plays, but I think that could be a huge gap between those two players. Um, so I lean towards Woodsy initially. I'm going the other way. I'm going to Reese, but I mean, it's tight either way. Like, you look at, like, I, cause I was looking at Woodsy's uh, running backs, like Henry against Baltimore. Like, Henry's mm. good enough that he can score every week, but Baltimore is an amazing defense at the moment. Um, Ahmed against Denver. Normally, our running defense has been good this year, but we got destroyed um, against Las Vegas last week. Um, and then Cup v Tampa Bay, like they you know, there's bad matchups there. But then you look at the other side and Robinson v Pittsburgh and um, Gallup, it's just not good. So uh, I'm slightly like Reese's team more, but I mean, I think this one's a coin flip. Actually, a good, really good point. I don't think I've ever tipped someone that's got a silhouette as their starting running back. So. Um, Salvon Ahmed still yet to have the headshot. Um, he's just a real black kind of shadow at the minute, and I'm not sure that gets it done at mile high. <laughs> it's true. We've, we've we've said it all year. If you've got the wrong color jersey, you're, you're a, even worse. You're a shadow. You're in a lot of trouble. I, I find this hard here because I, I firmly believe the karma train's coming for for Woodsy, but. Geez, there's a lot of holes in Reese's roster. I reckon. Look, I'm I'm going to tip with my my heart and say I reckon staring at it, Woodsy's probably going to get the win. But I think, given the points for is very relevant at the moment, I reckon there's a chance this could be a low scoring game, and that's going to help. Which all, would be all of those yeah. chasing back, yeah. Because they're just both carrying like two or three guys that potentially could put up very low scores, which. You know, it might not happen, but you know, it doesn't happen too often that you have that like Gallup, Kelly, Ebron, yeah, just Newton. There's just guys you probably wouldn't want to start. Nice game. I, I, I've jinxed myself now. I'm going to score 30, and these guys are going to score 180. <laughs> um, next one, just absolute last chance for Dale. DJ Chark, do, 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 coming <laughs> up again. Larry's dump chuck, fresh off a being ripped in half by Fitzy Cam. So it's, yeah, the projections are basically even. Um, Dale's rushed Caleb Ballard straight into the lineup. Interesting one there. This is this has got a waft of upset about it. I can, I can smell it. Boys, I don't know if you can smell it too, but <laughs> gee whiz. Um, Cam was underwhelming last week. I love the Dalvin Cook matchup. Um, against Dallas. Caitlin Bellage against the Jets should be serviceable enough. Um, there's just a few matchups here. The one thing I don't like is that DK Metcalf against Arizona, they always put Patrick Peterson on him. Um, and he always, I think in his career, he's never had more than like 30 yards against Arizona, considering they play twice a year. Um, I think that's his last three games against them. But other than that, I like Dale's side a fair bit here. Um, and he will be my tip. I just sense an up, upset. 
When you said you can smell an upset, I was frantically looking to see if Hawkinson was on Dale's roster because I wanted to go with the line. You can smell what the hawk is cooking. <laughs> Dale has Dale has two cooks on his team. Dalvin <laughs> Cook and Jared Cook. Would have been one of the all-time best setups, but unfortunately Hawkinson's not there. But still, I I, I think just things like that show faith. And I'm going to tip Dale as well because, yeah, there's just a lot of chefs in that kitchen. Steelers' defense against Jake Luton, like far out. It's it's nice matchups. I just like also just DJ Chark do 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 playing for DJ Chark do 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 is just yeah. It's a real good aura about that. Yeah, really. I reckon that that good good boy footy energies would be be really all over that sort of stuff. And so, Andrew, you've been three from three against what I've tipped so far. Are you going to make it four from four here? I am. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> um, again, this one is also 50-50. Um, I just think, like, Cam hasn't put Elliot in his lineup yet. I think he's going to put him in by game time. Um, he hasn't got a kicker yet. Uh like, I mean, it's it's going to come down to sort of like one player going off and you're taking no. out one of the three if Peterson goes on Metcalf of the Dales players that go off. Can I push back on that? Yeah. Mike Davis is forecasted for 17.9, a spell, and uh, Curtis Samuel is 13.2, spell. I don't care what these projections say. That's ludicrous. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I <laughs> don't mind the seventeen point nine for Mike Davis. I, I I tell you what's juicy: Dalvin Cook against Dallas. Yeah, that'll oh, probably boy. he could put up the whole team out. And Cam will probably get his heart broken twice having his Cowboys run all over by Cook and just costing him an in real life game and a fantasy game. Yeah, Oof. yeah, that could be brutal. Um, all right, next one, Andrew. Did you make your tip, Manny? Yeah, I went Dale. I just, I just went the aura. When you've got two chefs in the kitchen, it's just very Let hard to beat two cooks. Let him cook. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs Russell Wilson in there as well. Let Russ cook as well, the trifecta. Um, the curse break is Andrew. You play, we've talked about this one a little bit, but the big man, Judge Judy. It's got it's got a real air of inevitability to it. This game, I reckon, just he's trending in a direction that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. However, I'm just trying to see if he's set his lineup yet, but the projections do not give him any chance. <laughs> I did notice that. Forward to it. He has said like, it too. He said it. This game could be over by the um, Friday afternoon when Kyler puts up fifty against Seattle. Yeah, here we go. But he put up 37 against them last time. It's good to say that Fitzy's got a live feed of the podcast. He's already put Damien Harris in, um, <laughs> which is good to hear that he's listening fresh off the podcast. Um, yeah, you're right, Steve. The projections are not kind here. Travis Fulgham only 11. Like that's he's normally a lock for 25. Um, so once again, I think you can the tip the projections out. 
if if there's one thing I don't like as a fantasy participant, it's looking at my roster, my game, and it projects me to win by twenty because I don't reckon I've ever won any of them. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like they curse you the second they do it. So, oh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip Andrew though. Yeah, I will too. I think his uh, team is being constructed very nicely. I think the biggest talking point in this matchup that hasn't been discussed right at the minute is the fact that one Fitzy is starting the Colts' defense against Aaron Rodgers. Excuse me? What? What is happening? He's turned on Rodgers in a week. All of a sudden, he's not (laughs) starting Rodgers. He's starting Kyler, and now it's he's he's going basically saying Aaron Rodgers sucks. That's basically what he's saying. He's benched Tonyan as well, so oh, he's gone. Is... And 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 he's benched Tonyan for division rival rival Kyle Rudolph. This is he's unheard of. This is anti Fitzy. Is Fitzy okay? This is almost <laughs> like one of those signal calls where um something must be wrong with him, and maybe we should check in because this is. Yeah. This is not the Fitzy I know. Yeah, this is, you're right. It's like the old riding help me on the window of the bus as you drive <laughs> past a police station kind of on your way to prison camp type setup. Yeah, I agree. This is this is very, very unusual. The only thing that would stop me from calling the cops is that Crosby is in there. So he hasn't completely <laughs> given up. If Crosby wasn't in the lineup, oh. I'd be dead set scared for him. Imagine Saturday morning you wake up and Crosby's on the waivers and he's brought in, you know, some sort of Gonzalez or someone. Just Woodsy, someone it'd be really... Woodsy, wouldn't it? Woodsy would have dragged him to jail if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. You know, I'm just, just looking down the list here. I reckon on current form, Kyler Murray is the better of the two quarterbacks. Um, I reckon McKissick and Chubb on current form more or less cancel each other out. Chubb's probably got more upside, but I. McKissick's going to – I saw a stat. He's had like 30 targets in the last two weeks or something. It's absurd yeah. how much of the ball he's getting. Harrison Sanders, you, you'd favour Sanders on that one. Um, Hill and Thielen, you would favour Hill. Jefferson and Fulham, I ignore the projections. That's about even in my mind. Probably Fulham, if anything. Um, on form, on form <laughs> Justin Jefferson against Dallas versus Fulham. No, we, we we won't we won't throw against Dallas. I know you've had a big day, mate, but gee whiz, we won't we will not throw the ball. Guarantee you. we we will we yeah, will just game. run the ball all over them all game. Yeah, fair enough. We we don't, and particularly like Jefferson's a big downfield threat. He's not the one you throw it to if you throw on a little bit. Um, the tight ends are tight ends are the, a big gap in my mind. And then Evans and Judy are pretty much of a muchness. If anything, maybe even Judy I'd probably prefer. So I guess what the point I'm trying to make there is that I don't think there's a 20-point differential when you go head-to-heads. It's just that Andrew's probably got the nod on a few of those matchups by by a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you we look at the projections after the Thursday night game, it could be tied after who knows what Kyler's going to do. I'm I'm terrified of that matchup. Yeah, scary. It's so exciting, isn't it? Because he literally just like starts a play and then he runs for forty yards. And as a fantasy thing, you just like you're like, this is how good's this? He just I don't want him to pass. I want the play to break down because I'm going to get more points. 
Um, okay. It's one, anyway. the, it's one of the great Clear slowing King. yours moments of the draft, that trade. Because think about yep. it, he would have had to start Rogers and the Colts' defense, which would have been a fitzy move. Um, but, but alas, he has the great Kyle Murray, and you will be watching on Friday just nervous as anything. <laughs> that defense <No>. sucks. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, next one up, we've got Jared in against Keeney. Um, this is oh, – it's not quite last chance, but oh, pretty it's, close. Pretty I reckon close. it's I reckon's very close to loser leaves town, this one. Jared's playing mind games. He's got an empty quarterback slot and he's got Carson, which, you know, makes sense, but it's stuffing up the projections because he's ridiculously projected for five. He's either not playing or he's playing. He's not scoring five. But – um. Funny thing with, I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but Antonio Gibson gets projected for like six points or eight points every week. Yeah, don't 20. know what NFL.com's doing. It just does your head in. Um, anyway, but yeah, so Jared, Jared will get his full lineup back in. He'll probably be projected to win by a little bit, but it's not yeah. drastically different, I don't think. How are you feeling, Keeney? Uh, yeah, look, feeling... Okay, but I do. I've always been one of Jared's biggest fans in terms of his um, roster. I wasn't pumped that he got Roethlisberger off off waivers. Um, I was hoping someone would outbid him. Um, Naheem Hines. So that'll be interesting to see if he starts one of the Colts running backs against a pretty average Green Bay rush defense. Um, but again, kind of what you said, Steve. It's hard to know which one to start. Um, you just feel like you're probably going to pick the wrong one no matter what. Um, He's got Burkhead in the lineup at the moment, which is the exact same problem with New England, I reckon, when it comes to running backs. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, I think he's deserved favourite. Um, but and, and based off my year so far, I'm due, I'm due a Nintendo after a big week. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm every chance to absolutely spot it up. Um, but... I think I'll throw Higgins in the lineup at some point as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's hopefully it's close. I guess you've got the <laughs> the classics. I hate being in the spot where you've got like Gurley on the bench and Higgins that could both start, and then it's but then you've got players in your lineup that need to start as well, and it's just you're always going to make the wrong decision, and yeah. you're like, why did I fucking do that? Yeah. Like, like I think, I think I should start Edmonds on the Friday, um, but when you've got kind of Gurley sitting there, I rate the Saints rush defense though. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting decision for me to lock that away early. Swift yeah, will start the other one. That's probably a discussion on how confident you are for the game. Like, if you mm. think you need a big score, you play Edmonds. If you like I'll just get my ten to fifteen points, and you play Gurley. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and I'm hoping that well, I suppose if Chris Carson misses, then he'll put he'll put in one of the Colts boys, I guess. And I just hope that he picks the wrong one. Well, yeah, but it, yeah, but Burkhead in there as well in the flex, so you could potentially start, and we could have to be, bring two of those bench guys in. Mm. And then also the battle, the big battle of this matchup. Number one v number two kickers, Koo v goggles. Ooh. Oh wow! I tell you what, and and was I'm just trying to think back to last week. Was that? It was a night game for goggles, and we 
we we wondered how that would go. Well, we, we, with, we said that with his visibility. He, yeah, we said he put the night vision on, and I mean, he clearly did. He was just yeah, the Thursday night game. He was like a sniper, just ten points, getting the job done. Yeah, he goes back to an afternoon shift here, I think. So that might be uh, unfortunate, but um, we'll see. That's a I huge guess kicker I, matchup. On the other side of the kicker matchup, Young Wei Ku, in his youth, old Young Wei. Would uh would definitely have appreciated the rest, I reckon, of the buy, so he could be coming back fresh. Um, mm. I reckon the, the the Atlanta New Orleans game has absolute disappointment written all over it. Like it's the type of game that you go, oh, this could be like fifty to fifty here, and I bet you it ends up being a defensive struggle that you know they all kill the I'm clock sorry. and I don't, I don't. Um, <laughs> two two good defenses going at it too. So yeah, Jared like he he traded for the Dolphins defense, a red defense trade, and then he lucks out with Locke might not be playing this week. So um, is that Locke? It's barely Locke, I reckon. That's he's he's he only plays the fourth quarter, doesn't he? Oh, but he's still better than um, like yeah, Ripken Driscoll. Or, oh, so it's gonna be Ripken, yeah, Brett yeah, Ripken or uh, Driscoll. It could be someone from the Ocho Bowl. The way things are going in Denver. It's a good point. What do you guys think? I'm going to go with Jared just on that Dolphins D matchup. I could see him putting up 20 and that just mm. being the difference. Same. I'm going to go with Jared as well, uh, just because I reckon... This season is not really based on the teams, more based on this season is destined to come down to the last week with like 10 teams in contention. And I reckon both of you being at five and six is more likely to achieve that. So I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it feels better. All right. And then the last one, um, just the luckiest man in the history of Ocho Bowl uh, fantasy league, I guess. Uh, Camo just gets Ben, who, as as you've already revealed on the podcast tonight, has the cue firmly in the rack. Um, Camo is projected to win by twenty. Ben's starting tour, who is his. He, I'll, I'll read you Ben's lineup, and then we can probably decide whether we need to whether we need to continue previewing this game. Tua, Kenyon Drake, Gus Edwards, Will Fuller, Robbie Anderson, T.J. Hawkinson, who should clearly be on Dale's team. Philip Lindsay, who last week scored zero point two, Dan Bailey, and the Packers D. Mm. Yeah, I mean you've got to tip Camo, but I mean there is a path for Ben winning. Like once he actually sets his lineup properly, like Matt Ryan comes in for Tua, Crowder comes in for Lindsay, um, and then it's pronounced um, Crowder, Crowder, um, and then he. Uh, uh, and then the Jets looked half competent against New England. If they can keep up a level of competency of not being the Jets against um, the Chargers, I mean, with half of Camo's roster being Chargers, yeah, you know, I think that's Ben's best path to victory. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. I think the best path for Ben is if the, the Chargers Jets game is riddled with COVID. Um, and <laughs> Justin Herbert 
Kyle, uh, sorry, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and the and the Chargers defense are gone. Which you never know in in today's climate. It, it's it's a chance. Is is well, yeah like to that point and and given Camo's you know he's seven three he's equal first. We're three games out from a three game playoff, so six games to go. He's loaded his team up with pretty much the entire Chargers roster, and the franchise is at two and seven. Is this just the most like he's literally Ooh. just walking on the precipice of disaster? I reckon. Because you can like, just you can see yeah. the wheels completely falling off this. Like, what if what if they lose to the Jets? And as you mentioned last week, the the Tyrod Taylor um, lawsuit kind of comes into it, and we'll just we'll put the rookie away for the rest of the year. We like what we've seen. Yeah, that'll uh, do Keenan we'll Allen gets an eagle. Let's just sit him for the year. It's a oh, it's a real nice what if that one. Yeah, they also have Buffalo the week after, so. You know, if they lose this week and then suddenly they're um, two wins with five games to go, you know, it's you no chance of playoffs then. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a weird one. Like it's it's not often that a team can be two and seven and be scoring so well. It just. You just feel like, like, because they're not in it for fantasy points. So you just feel like it, it, things could quite easily change at some point. I mean, but then it, you also look, they've got what Atlanta, Vegas, and Denver the last, like, for the fantasy playoffs. They could also have that, like, classic young quarterback. They get to the end of the season and everything just sort of clicks and they have a couple of good wins. Um, yeah. They're like, and then everyone's, you know, oh, Herbert's going to take the lead next year. You know, they hit those games and, you know, Las Vegas are playing all right, but they're not an amazing defense. So, I mean, it could very well be that they have three good games there and Camo just rides them to the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, I have had a couple of luck. texts. I have had a couple of texts from Camo this week. Um, one of the lines was, I'll be nervously drinking whiskey from 5 a.m. Monday. I think he's worried about this Jets team. Um, and maybe he's worried about the thought of them going to two and eight and all of this unraveling because he's he's chips in he's all the eggs in the one basket as you said. He must so. be nervous because they don't play till eight a.m. So if he's getting three hours of tea <laughs> drinking before the game, it's a valid point. <laughs> oh, a classic Camo. Um, but who knows? Camo could be he could be in Hong Kong three hours behind us, and that's why. Like he's he's just no one to know what's going on with that guy. International um, oh, he certainly is. He's he's off the radar. I'm um I, I'm supposedly seeing him Sunday on in a on a social outing. So I look forward to just getting a bit of a sense for where his head's at at the moment. Try and loosen him up with a couple of beers down at the old St Andrews Brewery. Um, all right, that that was our last game for the week. I think just in closing, a couple of things. I'm not they're not quite administrative, but they're probably just podcast relevant things. I just wanted to flag for the listeners. Um, the first one, in full transparency, we've we've made a, a you know a bit over the over the journey about the um, the email address, and we, we've encouraged people to write into the email address. I just wanted to give you a an update. We got our first email the other day. <laughs> um, it was from Google telling us that um, our account will be deactivated unless we get something. <laughs> Oh wow! 
Um, on, a, on a similarly optimistic note for, for how viral this podcast going, um, we've obviously <laughs> talked a little bit about our international contingent who've been tuning in week by week. And as we check the, uh, the analytics, we can see there's a, there's a group of people listening in from the UK, another bigger group listening in from the US. Um, again, just to be fully open and honest, as we always are in this podcast, we were having a chat with Havers post recording a couple of weeks back and Havers goes, oh, they're not from Texas, are they? And we were like, yeah, why? He goes, oh, my VPN runs through Texas and my other oh. one sometimes runs through the UK. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that's, that's devastating. What a blow. Oh, so, yeah, there goes, our, there goes our, our, our chances of getting international sponsors. Um, and, then, and then the final one that I just wanted to drop, and this is just to sort of finish on a positive note, um, one of the podcast members uh, gave me a bit of bit of goss a couple of weeks back, and I've sort of held on to it because I didn't want to sort of detract from the the you know the Woodsy and Keeney matchup over the last couple of weeks and all the hype surrounding that. But um, oh, what I will say is that the wife of one of the podcasts, so one of the uh, the league members, bumped into the wife of another one of the league members at Chadston Shopping Centre quite recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got chatting and let's just call them um, Mr. Michaela and Mr. McCluskey. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be too obvious. So let's just say um, <laughs> wife A says to wife B, um, oh, so, you know, I hear they're doing fantasy football together. And wife B says, oh, it's the bane of my existence. Um, my husband does not do any work anymore. He literally just listens to that podcast all day. <laughs> doesn't do help around the house. Doesn't help with the kid. Um, and, and so the yeah, what wife A sort of said, yeah, well, you know, similar problem going on in my house as well. I think so. I think it's it's pleasing to hear that we at least have two really dedicated listeners who are prepared to throw away their marriages in their commitment to the podcast and commitment to Lee and. And I think, you know, when we said back at the start of the year, my prediction was Woodsy just wouldn't be good enough because I didn't think he'd have the commitment as a new parent to the league. And I still stand by that. And as, as this demonstrates, you know, it's the kind, of, the kind of commitment that you need to put in if you're going to be any chance in this league. So shout out to um, Dale and Jared for, for clearly both being in the doghouse based on this podcast, which we absolutely love. That's amazing feedback. It's good to hear. And it's good to hear there's buzz. Like when you've got two, two you know, ladies out there ch- chatting Ocho Bowl podcast you know, ah. in the fashion capital, you know that we're going places. I was going to say Chatty would have been ablaze with just the rumour mill through Chatty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure, um, you know, no doubt yeah, someone, someone from Rebel Sport probably heard it and, you know, just Next minute it's a couple of bloody Tiffany's. Yeah. <laughs> Beck Judd will be listening to it soon. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So look, anyway, um, it's it's yeah, bit a bit of mixed feedback going on on the podcast side, but you know, plodding <laughs> along as always. Oh. All right. Well, I think that probably just about does us. I think we're still pretty much on record time. Thanks as always, boys. Good luck for the weekend's matches. A um, couple of danger games for us, so. Let's hope things work out the right way. Absolutely, yeah. Good week of football. Fitzy, 
Fire up, son. You can do it, mate. I believe in you. I have full faith. I have faith in Pitsy as well. I've had never not had faith in Pitsy. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm to close this out. I'm just going to leave you, quick, uh, Andrew, with the question that I think the whole league's thinking: Are you getting the cloak out to reinstate the curse ahead of this <laughs> week? I look. That would just be mean. Um, you know, you break a curse, you don't reapply it. You, it's not like giving a gift at Christmas. You, don't, can't, you can't take it back. Well, whether you do it or not, we'll know pretty early on if you actually have reversed it when Jerry Judy goes down in the first minute of the game because you... <laughs> don't say that. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, but, I mean, that's, that's on you if it happens, mate. Knock on wood.